And here we are, folks, the, the latest installment of Strategy in the Virtual Controller, where we talk all things accounting and bookkeeping businesses, whether it's technology, whether it's people, whether it's process, workflow, uh, helping accountants and, and bookkeepers um, avoid the distractions of, of, uh, of shiny objects, so to speak, and really focus in on, on what's going to be important to them to build the business they want and deliver the service they want to their clients. So uh, my name's Damien Greathead. I'm sitting in a very miserable, wet Sydney. Co-host Penny Breslin, she's sitting in sunny San Diego, or what's, what's, the, uh, what's the weather outlook outside your window, Beautiful Penny? and sunny, and the waves are glorious. Wonderful. Um, well, interesting. Uh, last the last episode was focusing on on a positive start to twenty twenty three, and today we're going to keep that going by saying yes to firing clients. So saying yes to saying no to clients. So hopefully everyone's tracking there. But but basically, if you want to build the firm that you're your that you that you set out to do, you're going to have to make some tough decisions, and sometimes that means saying no. Uh, to prospective clients or, or potentially moving clients on or, or current clients or firing those. And Penny, today's episode stems from a, an email you got from an app provider. So do you want to give us a, a bit of context for that? Yeah. So I had this um, app provider ask if he could just have a chat with me. And um, he's he's somebody who came on board with an app that is completely cloud-based and uh, I was looking at it and it's good. It's it handles payroll, ER and all that stuff. But his first question to me was, can I just ask you a question about accountants? And I go, well, yeah, I don't know if I have an answer, but you should go ahead. And he said, why are accountants firing clients? Is it because they can't hire help or is there another reason? And I said, well, Part of it might be that they can't hire help. That's certainly a, it's a very tight market um, to hire accountants right now, frankly, everywhere in the world. It's not just the United States, folks. I know because I work, well, Damien knows. He's in Australia. I also work in India and the UK, so I get it, in Canada. It's not easy anywhere. But um, the I said the other thing is I think that accountants are getting savvy to the fact that they don't have to deal with clients who don't work with them, who um, who decide to give things to them at the last minute, expect it done for free, and then turn it around the next day. And they're not willing to put up with that anymore. And they're not willing to put up with it because they do have clients who trust them, love them, are, are a pleasure to work with, pay on time, have exciting businesses, and they're the ones, those types of clients are the ones that, that accountants and, and bookkeepers should be focusing their time and attention on because it's where they can add most value uh, to the relationship. Exactly. And um, there's another person on this call right now. And the reason I brought her on is because we had just gotten off a Zoom meeting and that's my new assistant, Maggie Hensley. And uh, she's my Beth, folks. You know, I talk about everybody needs a Beth. <laughs> Maggie's my new Beth. In fact, her middle name is Elizabeth, so she is a Beth. Um, so um, anyways, we had just gotten off a Zoom meeting before we got on this podcast. You could say, hi, Maggie. 
Hi guys. <laughs> she goes, are they going to see me? What's this all about? I said, don't worry about it. They won't no, see there's me. no videos. They no. Won't see you. Look at me. I'm a <laughs> mess in a dress. Yeah. Um, so anyways, we're on this zoom call and it is an accountant that, um, we do tax prep for. And I had gotten a call from a consultant here in San Diego who knows me and said, Hey, would you take on this person and set up their QuickBooks online and get them into payroll and get them all set up and find them a tax accountant? I went, okay, I'll do the QuickBooks part. I'll said, I'll introduce him to tax accounts. He can find his own. I'll give you a couple that you can talk to. And one of the ones I gave him was this guy that we do tax returns for. And um, we were discussing it at the end. Maggie and I were on the, on the Zoom call with him. And he said, hey, can we talk about this guy? And I said, yeah. I said, that's great. What is it? And he goes, well, did you see that list that his consultant sent us? And I said, yeah. He goes, what's your response? I said, well, uh, he seems to have a problem responding to anything. He never gets around to it. And the tax preparer, the tax CPA said, you know what? I got that feeling too. He wants me to send him an engagement letter without him showing me even a financial so I can base what I'm going to charge him for. And he goes, you know what? I'm not a commodity. This isn't a commodity. And if you don't mind, if it doesn't mess up your relationship with this person, I don't want to take him as a client. And I said, fine with me. I think that's a real honest comment. And he goes, he goes, you know, why is it that everybody wants to call you and ask you to do this stuff in January? And they're not even prepared to give you. He goes, if you come into the room asking me help to help him, and he was prepared to give me the information I needed at that moment. Yeah, but all I'm getting from him is, hey, when are you going to send me the engagement letter? But he hasn't sent me a damn thing to review. Actually, good point. If you're coming in, if you're coming in, sort of, you know, June, July, maybe. But if you're coming in in January for for tax work, you, you better have your shit together. Uh, that's <laughs> what I said. I said, listen, if you come to us in June, this wouldn't be a problem. Isn't that exactly what I said, Maggie? Yeah, but I don't think whether it's June or July. I mean client that comes across as being a pain in the butt you're not going to want them no matter what yeah and and i think i i think that's absolutely right and i think also it, it is that here is what my gut's telling me um and i'm going to listen to my gut because right out of the gate there's a there's a red flag to say this isn't this is going to be a very one rate one way relationship and so rather than trying or rather than saying yes to the fee sort of recognize that the the there's going to be an opportunity cost to serving a, a client like this. And even if that's just a stress level, that's, it's, it's not worth it. It's exactly what Maggie said to him. She goes, always go with your gut. <laughs> she said mm. exactly those We're words. We're always talking about You're the clients that aren't going to make you money, aren't going to stress you out. Keep the ones that are actually going to do your company good. But sort of interesting, yeah, like the, I think the app partners fall into this trap of, well, why can't we, we can give you the technology that can do all of these crap clients efficiently, but it's, but it's not that simple, is it? Because it's relationships, it's, it's information flow, it's communication. 
Um, and if somebody's not re- responding to emails or texts or, or getting their their gear, getting their information to you using the technology that you set up, n- no amount of technology is is going to to fix that problem from the from the either from the start or, or or try and sort of paste technology over the top of a of a lacking client relationship. Exactly. I mean, you know, basically, I went in and looked at this guy's stuff after we set him up. And everything we set him up on, on technology, walked him through on a Zoom call on how to access, how to do all of this, then created a scribe how PDF, sent it over to him and the consultant. The consultant's going, this is a piece of cake. He'll he'll have no problem following it. A month later, he hasn't done a damn thing. Mm. You know what? I'm too damn busy to chase you. Penny, what sort of size of business was this? Like, is this a startup or is this a couple of hundred thousand dollars in revenue? Or is this one? And they're well funded. Uh, He had been Mm -hmm. in business with a partner and they split apart. And so he just wanted to set up his own stuff for him. Um, He's doing good business. But you know what? It's, I'm not going to be your mom. I'm just Hmm. not going to be your mom. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with saying that. And, th- and there are people out there, frankly, that will do that. And I just don't have the capacity or the desire to do it. But, but also, Penny, I think one of the, the things that we decided last week was, uh, in last episode, was really to focus not on, the, on those types of people that will say yes to that shitty client that comes in mid-February, gets their stuff into the firm, mid-March, uh, late March, and, and puts an enormous amount of pressure on the team while expecting sort of first-class service. And so I, I, I think I, I think, and I hope that, that listeners are sitting there saying, you know what? Yeah, I, I am. I'm going to say I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no to that client who from the get go, my gut tells me is going to be a pain in the, the you know what. Um, and I feel empowered that I've actually got my shit together and I, I, I feel confident in, in what where my revenue is going to land. Um, I don't need the, the, the bullshit. Yep. Don't need the headache. And to tell you the truth, I was kind of happy the guy said that because he goes, I'm going to send him a letter saying and refuse him. And the tax account goes, I don't want to mess up your relationship with this consultant. And, you know, I, I don't care. I, I don't care because. But, 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 but also it, it's business yeah. and you can still be polite yeah. and professional. Just to say, say, I'm sorry, but it was, lo- it was wonderful to meet you. But unfortunately, I don't think this is going to be a good professional relationship. You, you, I, there's no there's no reason saying no has to be a blight on anyone's reputation on anyone's relationship right. as long as you're professional as long as you're polite um business is business yeah i mean i just uh the only thing is i don't want to necessarily turn this guy on to somebody else either um, but you, you, but I would probably say that you've done your job. That you've introduced him to a couple of folks. They've had, and it's really yep. up to them to have the to take the relationship there. And <laughs> if none of the people that you've introduced, I mean, it's also one of those things. You know, you've got a friend and you're single, and you're like, you know what? I want to introduce you, and you introduce him to a couple of people, and it doesn't really go Maybe anywhere. He's and you're like, right well, now. <laughs> <laughs> like so, maybe it's it's not you. <laughs> It's not you. It's so, them. Really, it's not you. You just need me. to figure it out. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it, it, I, I, but I, yeah. So when I was talking to this um, app person and I was kind of, so he goes, can, can we just like, I mean, it maybe spent the last 10 minutes showing me the app. It was uh, pretty self-explanatory. I actually liked it um, a lot. Um, but it was uh, interesting because he said, you know, I'm feeling new to the accounting industry and I came from technology. And he said, I, <clears throat> I've never run into this where account, a, a group of people can't hire like a specific professional group. And not only that, they're not willing to chase after clients and they have a concern about adding their clients to the technology, which I thought was a real honest, open comment from somebody in the app industry that, you know, there is a, an understanding that when you ask an accountant to use an app with their client, you are now asking that accountant to take on the onus of managing that app with the client and yeah. that is, you know, outside of their toolbox. Um, so they're having to, accountants are having to change their thought processes on, and we've talked about this before and the type of person you hire, which is like why I brought Maggie in. Um, people kept telling me, why don't you hire a CPA? Why don't you hire a CPA? And I'm going, I don't need a CPA. I need somebody that I can know will, jump on the bandwagon, learn technology and keep the clients, the, the flow of work moving smoothly. And that uh, was, uh, that was pretty eye-opening to that kid that I was talking to. And he was a kid uh, compared to me, especially um, <laughs> that it's, you know, it's not just you're selling an app, you are selling an app to somebody who's got to then go back and talk somebody else into using it. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, and, and I think as well, you know, one of the things I sort of learned early on is that's why it's really important to get crystal clear on your tech stack as the accounting and, and, and bookkeeping professional. And, and because your clients will come to you for advice and, uh, and support, et cetera, et cetera. So having five different, supporting five different payroll companies or supporting five different AP uh, platforms, it just doesn't make sense because you've, you've then got to provide that same level of support to your customers that they expect across all of these different platforms. So there's a sort of another plus one for why it's really important to be to standardize that technology so you can deliver a consistent experience and, and really deliver the, the support and, and customer service or client service that that your your best clients do expect. Yeah, and 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 in the opposite of that, you want to make sure you have clients who are agreeing to use these apps, agreeing to follow through with their part of the their side of the bargain. I mean, an engagement letter, the word engagement means, you know, it's engaging two people. It's engaging two entities. It's not a one-sided deal. And I loved it when this tax accountant, I'm going to just say his name. His name was Tim. And he said, I'm not a commodity. And what I produce isn't a commodity. And I refuse to, to be treated like one. 
And mm. I was like, you know, good on you. Um, that's brilliant. And, and, um, and he's, he said, I've got, I've got enough business. I make good enough money. I don't have to take a crappy client. And, and I also think as well, you know, I made the comment earlier that as I was saying that if you're looking at the year and you feel comfortable with your revenue goals and targets and how you're going to hit those, um, it's, it's, it's okay to say no, but also if you are a bit nervous, one of the best ways in which you can overcome that nervousness about revenue is actually just get out and talk to those current customers, talk to current clients about what's keeping them up at night, spend some more time with them, uh, rather than taking on a, a new client, a, a new client, which could be a risk. Why don't you get out and talk to some of those, uh, those current clients to see what gaps there are in the services that you're providing. And, Obviously, there's no guarantees, but but what I do find is that when accountants talk to their clients about their business, about what's keeping them up at night, nine times out of 10, they always come back with more work. And and so if you are worried about that year-end revenue, if you, if you are focused on growth this year, look inside with the current client base first um, before you do take on that risk of, of a new client, because it is a risk, isn't it? Bringing on a new it client. It is. It's a lot of risk. It's a lot of uh, upfront time and energy. Um, and the one thing about small business accounting, especially, and probably even individual um, helping people on an individual basis is you don't know what you don't know. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's not necessarily that people are hiding stuff, but Finances are, especially in a highly com compliance-driven uh, country like the United States anyways, um, finances are sometimes difficult for other people who aren't in that arena all the time to kind of grasp and know what to do next. So, um, but, but I also, if anybody out there is listening who is selling to accountants are selling accountants lists of QuickBooks users and Zero users and Zoho users, and I'm getting these nonstop. You know, I just want to send an email back to them going, no, I don't need any goddamn new clients right now. It's the middle of flipping, you know, it's the beginning of tax season. Who wants to start with new clients? You've got it, if you don't have it lined up now, damn. Forget about it. It's a little late. <laughs> you know, we we were talking, uh, we were setting up a VPN and his IT guy was on the call earlier and he had to get, he got called out because um, another CPA firm, this server just went down. And he goes, you know, I told them a couple of months ago they needed a new server and they said, well, we'll wait till after tax season. <laughs> Here it is, January 19th and this server crashed. I mean, you know, there's not much you can really do there, is there, Penny? Like we've been talking about <laughs> like, the, the... Why do you own your own server? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Yeah. Hey, yeah, 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 absolutely. Sorry, actually, really good point. Why do you own your own server um, in this day and age? And I don't know. Actually, no, I was just trying to think, what would I have on my own server? But no, with with hosted service providers like the right networks and all that type of stuff of the, of the world, there, there literally is no reason to have your own server. I was just thinking for sort of some of those big big chunky desktop tax no, products. We have, but yeah, uh, we have them on hosted managed servers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I was like, yeah, hang on. But also, I mean, <laughs> yes. So that, that is the better question. Why do you have your own um, 
own servers in your own office. But then also I was like, wait till after tax season. I, I just, it just frustrates me. And I just don't understand this. Like, what have you been doing all year? And it's, you just like trying to get one, squeeze one more tax season out of this technology. And it's, and yeah, anyway, it blows my I mind. I know, I know. It's like, oh yeah. And how many, uh, the other one is, and how many seats are we going to need? Because, you know, if we can get by with two people using the same seats on a flexible schedule and oh, <laughs> God damn. Now, where's your audit trail? I was that? actually sort of, <laughs> I was sort of thinking about like the seats in in um, in India in in uh, in your business, Penny. And I was at, there was sort of part of me which is like again, when people sort of um, nickel and dime, um, full person, half person, from a from a capacity planning perspective, and and making sure that you've got enough capacity available to get the work done for your clients. Why, why be nickeling and diming? Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't to me either. And, it, and it's, um, it's them treating us like a commodity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. That's a good way of, of, of expressing it. Yeah. But I, I, think I'd, I'd, I think I'd prefer someone sitting at, and, and actually whether this, is, this person sitting in, in Penny's team in India or if it's sitting in your own firm, I think I'd want someone at 75, maybe 80% rather than 135% um, where they're working sort of from 8 a.m. in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. I'd much prefer to build my team with excess capacity rather than over overexerting my team. Because if you look at the stress levels and, uh, and, and actually just the numbers of people going into public accounting, uh, the, the running your team at 120% capacity is, is, killing your ability to keep attra- attract keep and 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 hold on to those and people. I have a question to you Damien have you ever heard of somebody quitting in the middle of tax season yeah <laughs> I think even worse what about <laughs> people having a heart attack during tax season uh, which which I have I've heard of far too often yeah. uh certainly quitting um absolutely quitting where where you just sort of I don't need this and and particularly today in today's sort of whether it's sort of with, and I don't want to start a sort of a, um, a, a a different conversation here, but whether it's Intuit tax advisors, whether it's freelance, whether it's contract, there's so many different ways in which professionals can actually work today uh, that they are very much in control of of who they work, who they work, the work they do, who they do it for, and when they do it. Um, and if if we uh, if practitioners continue to think that that tax season is this badge of honor that you wear and you earn and you need a certain number of those before you make partner, um, yeah, you've got a you've got a, a rude awakening coming if it hasn't already. <laughs> I don't see that attitude, and I know the one you mean because I used to see it a lot. Like wearing wearing a badge of honor is the stack of paper on your desk and how many hours of the day that you have to work just to get this done for this customer who's a pain in the neck. I must say that um, I don't see that attitude. I certainly didn't see it at the last three cloud-focused account uh, conferences I went to. Again, like we so- talked about on the last um, podcast, what I saw were happy people, um, people having fun at doing what they were doing. I would agree with that, and so maybe it's less badge of honor, but but it is still this dark cloud looming. Oh, God, yeah. oh tax everybody's season. everybody and, and everybody so, still reacts to tax season as oh 
Oh, yeah, yeah. They're like Lurch in the Adam family, you know? Oh. Yeah, and it's sort of yeah, and it's I so so maybe it's it's less badge of honor, but still people, um, not all, but there are still there are still a, a big bunch of practitioners out there that are dreading tax season, yeah. um, just because it is, and and yes, they put improvements in and, and whatnot, but also because it is a grind, because it is a, a government regulated deadline that has to be hit. Um, there's taxes is. is tax is difficult for practitioners let alone for for, for lay people like you and I so um, I, I think it will always be a, a challenging time um, but it certainly doesn't have to be one of the the the, the badge of honor that you've got to earn or, or the 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 Eagle Scout badge you've got to earn before you can actually go on to become partner or, or go out and do your and make your build your own business and I saw a tweet a couple of weeks ago was it the AICPA? And and if I'm wrong on this, I'm wrong on it. But uh, I thought I saw the tweet that the AICPA was asking the government to kind of remove these compliance dates and uh, change them in some form. Um, it's. I mean, it's sort of interesting. Like, if you th- I, and I, I don't know the the um, well enough, but different countries, yeah, they've they've got different deadlines to allow for. Yeah. Uh, an evening of an evening of um of workflow of of, of workload yeah uh, and I, I sort of and anyway, I mean it does I, it I just seems like that. we're like we're finishing up 1099s now and I'm sure some old schoolers are doing w2 we don't have to do those thank you for gusto and adp and all you other payroll companies mm-hmm. and and not even our 1099 process is pretty smooth because of the technology we're using relay five and uh, 1099 application. Um, but, uh, it's, you know, it's close. It's, it's, it's a jam. It's this, you know, you jam it all the way through to the, uh, from to the end of January and then it's boom tax, you know, and, um, it, yeah, they come pretty quickly in succession. Yeah. And I, and I understand why you need that, that end of year cutoff. Everybody needs a cutoff. But I don't know, man. March fifteenth is business, and then April fifteenth. Well, it's going to be the eighteenth now. Um, is corporate, and basically everybody I'm talking to is like, if do, if you don't have it in on this date, you're going on extension automatically. And um, yeah. So and so I'm going. Oh, so we're going to be doing these taxes all year long again, right? And for the last two years, that's kind of what's been happening. But also, if if that and and actually, if you if you think about it in terms of extension season and tax season, maybe that's the way you build your business. That that actually, you know, you're going to be doing tax all year round, and that's actually okay. Yeah. Um, and let let's structure our business to actually enable that. We 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 know the clients that are going to come in on time. We know the clients that are organised. The clients that we do all the the sort of end to end work for. Let's take care of them first and let's triage our clients throughout the year rather than trying to jam them all in into that March 15 or, or March 18 deadline. Well, I, I do, we know I do see more of that happening. I think that um, the COVID lockdown certainly um, changed that aspect. And at least the firms that we're working with, that's what they are doing. They are triaging through the whole year. There is an expectation that this 
There's, we're going to get a little bit more at this time, but it's all going to be split. It's eventually going to be thrown on extension. And actually, yeah, and, and maybe if you actually have a look at the your a curve within your firm and it might be hours worked and all that type of stuff, and, and it's the same type of thing. I, I remember doing the analysis that I don't think it's 80%, but sort of 60% of the hours are recorded by April 15. Um, 60% of the revenue is booked by April 15. Um, and so actually have a look at that and how do you level load that throughout the course of the year? Do, do your tax planning with your clients in October, November, so they have an understanding of of the tax that they're going to, that they're going to have to pay by March fifteen, mm-hmm. because we don't want to get them penalties. And and then say, look, here's the here's the um, here's the estimated tax payments. Let's get onto those now. And you actually make a decision. Do you want it done by March fifteen? Doesn't have to be done, but but we can we can work on you throughout the course of the year. Um, accordingly, I, I sort of think that might be a, a better way to to structure the business. And you know, something I I've noticed because you know I have to track hours um, because I've got to see if we can increase capacity, take on a new client. Do we need a new employee? All of that. And I've noticed that you know, for years of working in this industry. There was always like this big crunch during the, the first four or five months of the year. And then things just, you know, like even back like in the day, it would be like August would be like a nothing month. Everybody was on vacation. You know, there was nothing yeah. going on. And I see much more of a leveling of that, um, looking at the hours, um, looking at, at even what we're invoicing. It is, it's not dipping. It's staying much more level. In a, on a on a regular increase, but there's no huge dips anymore the way they used to be years ago. So I do think that that it may not have been planned, but it certainly happened and was driven home by uh, people having to go remote. That workloads were leveled off better, and I think part of the reason that happened was because if you were remote. You had to find a way to communicate with your team remotely, which means you had to be much more organized. You had to use apps like Workflow. You had to use things to track people. You had to be able to sign a task from a distance, which means you had to know when that task was going to be due and when it needed to be done by, who it was going to be done by. So it it wasn't a planned effort, but I think that in the last two years, there's been a change in the way good, solid accounting. And I'm, I'm going back to something I heard from Sandy Levy in a, in a webinar she did. Probably it was right around March of 2020 when the lockdowns were starting to happen. And she said on that webinar, she said the good, smart accountants who know how to organize they're going to be around and the rest of them are going to be gone by the end of this. And she was right. She was right. Mm-hmm. I think so. And I think if I, I, as I'm sort of thinking to thinking with this conversation and, and this idea of be being confident with putting people on, on extension and, and take that the next step, the next step to be, so we're going to put you on extension and we're actually going to book you in for, for May 15. So we need all the stuff by May 15. So, so actually, rather than just saying you're on extension, actually then schedule the work. At that time, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and you, you sort of think if you if you're listening along, you sort of think, okay, you know what, April fifteen, that's the deadline. I'm going to take probably two three weeks just to sort of rest and recover. I'm going to come back May. Um, then I'm going to work through till sort of mid June, mid to late June. Then take a bit of time for summer over the Fourth of July. Look at it, look at your year, and then actually, um, Mr. and Mrs. Client, you're going on extension, but I'm scheduling you for the second week of um, second week of May. So here's your estimated tax. Get that paid. Make sure that's up to date, and then let's get together in uh, in May. And I think eight out of 10 clients would be more than happy with that because they'd recognize that they've been late to the party with their information. Um, they're, they're, they're not at risk for penalty and they've got a clear idea of, of when it's going to get done. So, because um, previously, as you said, everyone <laughs> buggers off for, for, uh, for, for May, June, July, comes back in August, end of August, end of school holidays. And then it's, again, mad crunch for September 15, mad crunch for October 15. So again, there's got to be better ways to it work. It has to be. And, and I think that you've learned, I think accountants, and I loved what Tim said. He goes, I don't, I'm not a commodity and I'm not going to be treated yeah. like one anymore. Um, I love to hear that from him. Um, I liked it when Maggie said, yeah, go with your gut. Um, I think I, I wish I wish a lot of us did that. I, I need to do that more. I think everybody needs to do that more. <laughs> Oh, I think we all do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Penny, I think that's a a, a really good um, a really good place to to finish up today's uh, podcast. What I do you think, think that's great. Hopefully, everybody has a smooth sailing tax season. And Penny, you're off to um, you're off to see the team in Chennai. Yep, I'm leaving for How India there on for? Thursday. We have a new floor we're putting in. Um, so that's going to the construction started about a month ago. Um, so it'll all be done when I get there uh, so that we can put in 20 more stations and move the daycare downstairs, make it a little bit bigger, make the kitchen area bigger because it's getting kind of cramped to fit all those women into that small kitchen when we on the cafeteria. And um, so, yeah, it's going to give everybody a little bit more breathing space. Uh, wonderful. Well, um, say hello to the team. Um, take some pictures. Um, I'm sure. I, I think I think listeners would be really surprised, um, and 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 I hope interested to sort of see what the the workspace looks like um, for, for well, the team. Well, uh, Maggie's going to be working on the new website. We have pictures going up, and I think Shamila um, was going to forward you some on WhatsApp. We have some before, yep. mid, and then we'll have the final when I get there. Yeah, love it. Well, Penny, travel safe. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, um, hit us up with any of your questions on LinkedIn. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please go on to uh, either your Apple podcast or Spotify or Google and and give us a rating uh, because that definitely helps get, uh, get the podcast out to more accountants and practitioners like yourselves. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Penny, always a pleasure. Maggie, welcome to the team and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.